Okay, hi everybody. Good morning. Uh, I know that uh, a lot of people are out of town, but tropese so kauke. And um, if you guys have your Bibles, we're gonna go through Genesis forty-one, um, the whole chapter. So, yamemo ame pavana kuke nyangu chikeng cho blocko i tepe yo nyeng tan cho cho pelu kauke. Yonde pelu kauke de gutawan chui cho pe. Clear mind, clear heart. And um, just let your spirit, Father, uh, reach us and to understand your message, Father. I just want to lift myself up to you and ask that you just be with me and to be able to speak your word clearly to everybody here and to everybody that's here, Father, so that we may understand your word and be able to live it, Father, and to be able to honor and glorify you. Father, we lift this time up to you, along with everybody here, through your wonderful name. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. So when I was going through Genesis 41, it's the story of Joseph. But that story is super long, so um, I know that the whole chapter 41 is kind of long, but um, I just want everybody to just go through this and just bear with me. And it's pretty much a message within a message. So I titled this, God's Message of Trouble and Distress, Putting Creation to the Test. She no ning luchi. Okay. So before Genesis 41, if you guys don't know what Joseph, Joseph is a grandson from Abraham. It's Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and then Jacob's 12 sons, which is uh, the 12 tribes of Israel. Joseph is the second to the last son. เจ็บปวดเจ็บตาต่อไหลเมล่เจ็บปวดหลาดเราเตะตู่เตะตู่เจ็บเนี่ยย้อนๆนะฮะนี่ใช้นะฮะโอ้ยจ้าเนี่
while his brother's sheaves gathered around him and bowed down to it. So he had another dream. So Joseph's second dream was that the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars were bowing down to Joseph. So that's my intro. Um, we're going to see in the conclusion where this comes. Okay. So if you guys have Genesis 41, I'm going to read all of it. So just bear. Okay. Uh, I'm reading from the NIV. When two full years had passed, Pharaoh had a dream. He was standing by the Nile when all, when out of the river came up seven cows, sleek and fat, and grazed among the reeds. After them, seven other cows, ugly and gaunt, came up out of the Nile and stood beside those on the riverbank. And the cows that were ugly and gaunt ate up the seven sleek, fat cows. Then Pharaoh woke up. He fell asleep again and had a second dream. Seven heads of grain, healthy and good, were growing on a single stalk. After them, seven other heads of grain sprouted, thin and scorched by the east wind. The thin heads of grain swallowed up the seven healthy, full heads. Then Pharaoh woke up. It had been a dream. In the morning, his mind was troubled. So he sent for all the magicians and the wise men of Egypt. Pharaoh told them his dream, but no one could interpret them for him. Then the chief, the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, Today I am reminded of my shortcomings. Pharaoh was once angry with his servants, and he imprisoned me and the chief baker in the house of the captain of the guard. Each of us had a dream the same night, and each dream had a meaning of its own. Now a young Hebrew was there with us, a servant of the captain of the guard. We told him our dream, and he interpreted them for us, giving each man their interpretation of his dream. And things turned out exactly as he interpreted them to us. I was restored to my position, and the other man was impelled. So Pharaoh sent for Joseph, and he quickly brought from the dungeon. He was quickly bought, brought from the dungeon. When he had shaved and changed his clothes, he came before Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream, and no one can interpret it. But I have heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. I cannot do this, Joseph replied to Pharaoh, but God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, In my dream, I was standing on the bank of the Nile, when out of the river came up seven cows, fat and sleek, and they grazed among the reeds. After them, seven other cows came up, scrawny and very ugly and lean. I had never seen such ugly cows in all the land of Egypt. The lean, ugly cows ate up the seven fat cows that came up first. But even after they ate them, no one could tell that they had done so. They looked just as ugly as before. Then I woke up. In my dream, I saw seven heads of grain, full and good, growing on a single stalk. After them, seven other heads sprouted, withered and thin, and scorched by the east wind. 
The thin heads of grain swallowed up the seven good heads. I told this to the, mag- to the magicians, but none of them can explain it to me. Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, The dreams of Pharaoh are one and the same. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good cows are seven years, and the seven good heads of grain are seven years. It is one and the same dream. The seven lean, ugly cows that came up afterwards are seven years, and so are the seven worthless heads of grain scorched by the east wind. They are seven years of famine. It is just as I said to Pharaoh, God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. Seven years of great abundance are coming throughout the land of Egypt, but seven years of famine will follow them. Then all the abundance in Egypt will be forgotten, and the family and the famine will ravage the land. The abundance in the land will not be remembered, because the famine that follows it will be so severe. The reason the dream was given to Pharaoh in two forms is that the matter has been firmly decided by God, and God will do it soon. And now let Pharaoh look for a discerning and wise man. And put him in charge of the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh appoint commissioners over the land to take a fifth of the harvest of Egypt during the seven years of abundance. They should collect all the food of these good years that are coming and store up the grain under the authorities, the authority of Pharaoh, to be kept in the cities for food. This food should be held in reserve for the country. To be used during the seven years of famine that will come upon Egypt, so that the, so that the country may not be ruined by the famine. The plan seemed good to Pharaoh and all his officials, so Pharaoh asked them, "Can we find anyone like this man, one in whom is the spirit of God?" Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, "Since God has made this known to you." There is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace, and all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, "I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt." Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his finger and put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in robes of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. He had him ride in chariot, a chariot, as his second in command. And people shouted before him, "Make way!" Thus put him in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, "I am Pharaoh, but without your word, no one will lift hand or foot in all Egypt." Pharaoh gave Joseph the name Zephenath-Penea, and gave him Asenath, daughter of Potiphar, priest of On, to be his wife. And Joseph went throughout the land of Egypt. Joseph was thirty years old when he entered the service of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from Pharaoh's presence and traveled throughout Egypt. During the seven years of abundance, the land produced plentiful. Joseph collected all the food produced in those seven years of abundance in Egypt, and stored it in the city. 
In each city, he put the food grown in the fields surrounding it. Joseph stored up huge quantities of grain, like the sand of the sea. It was so much that he stopped keeping record, because it was beyond measure. Before the years of famine came, two sons were born to Joseph by Aseneth, daughter of Potiphar, priest of On. Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh and said, It is because God has made me forget all my trouble in all my father's household. The second son he named Ephraim and said, It is because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. The seven years of abundance in Egypt came to an end, and the seven years of famine began. Just as Joseph had said, there was famine in all the other lands, but in the whole land of Egypt there was food. When all Egypt began to feel the famine, the people cried to Pharaoh for food. Then Pharaoh told all the Egyptians, Go to Joseph and do what he tells you. When the famine had spread over the whole country, Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold grain to the Egyptians, for the famine was severe throughout Egypt. And all the world came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph, because the famine was severe everywhere. So, I was going to say Lumong too, but I think that Oh, the audience here understands English, so I'm gonna just uh, uh, I'm just gonna uh, give the message in English. So God's message of trouble and distress, putting creation to the test. So when I was reading this, I broke it down into three points that um. To help me understand what was going on in the in the writer's mind, my my first point is message to Pharaoh. Second point is wisdom of discernment, and my third point is faith that saves. So, point one: message to Pharaoh. So, as we see when I read it. If you guys are reading it too, we see that uh, Pharaoh has these two dreams that is troubling him, and I was just curious, you know, what? Okay, what kind of trouble is this? So, th- just the definition of troubled means someone who is upset or distressed or a situation that is difficult. Pharaoh is just troubled by these weird dreams. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but if I had those dreams, I would just be like, what the heck? You know, like, why am I dreaming about cows eating each other? <laughs> but it distressed him to the point where he could not sleep. He was so troubled that he had to gather up his counsel of wise men and magicians. And even then, none of them could interpret the dreams. So before this, Joseph was in prison with uh, Pharaoh's cupholder and his chief baker. So they both had dreams as well. This is like the story is a bunch of dreams that, that they're having. And it's confusing all of them. 
And then we notice that it's only the child of God who has the spirit of God that understands these dreams. So the cupbearer remembered that, oh, Pharaoh, there was a guy, he was a Hebrew dude. He was in prison with me, and he could interpret dreams. He interpreted my dreams, the chief baker's dream, and it came true. So Pharaoh was like, well, go get him. So they went and got Joseph, and he's been in prison for a couple years, so he's all shaggy. So they have to shave him, clean him, bathe him, and then bring him to Pharaoh. So when God gives a message, it doesn't matter if it's his children, if it's the Gentiles, whoever it is, only God can interpret. The language that God speaks, only his children understands. So then Joseph interprets the dream for him. And Joseph says to him, you know, seven years of abundance that you have received, this country has received, is going to come to an end. Seven years of famine will ravage the land. And it, it just surprises Pharaoh. Pharaoh's like, oh my goodness. Is this really what God's telling me? Is this really what's going to happen to our land? So Joseph says, yes, that is what God is telling you. In two dreams, this is going to happen very soon. So in point one here, we understand that when God gives a message, God's language can only be understood by His Spirit in His children. So in point two here, wisdom of discernment. So the message has been given. It has been understood and interpreted by his children. Now what are you going to do with the message that God has given you? We see that the wise men, the magicians, in Pharaoh's time, at that time Egypt was the superpower of the world. So the wisest men are in his council. The magicians are in his council. Why could they not interpret the dream? So after the interpretation of the dream, it's the what are we going to do now? It's that wisdom of discernment. I understand the message now. How am I going to use this message to execute it? So Joseph tells Pharaoh, hey, it's not me. It's God that made you understand this. So here's what uh, Joseph says to Pharaoh. Why don't we take one-fifth of the abundance in this first seven years and save it? And then the seven years of famine, we could eat those so that we will not starve and die. So Pharaoh loved it. He was like, wow, that's, that's wisdom. It's wisdom from God. So then Pharaoh goes, well, then who, who is going to be able to execute this plan? Then his counsel and Pharaoh goes, oh, well, obviously the guy who can interpret your dream, who understands the dream and has a plan 
why don't we just pick him then? So, of course, Joseph becomes the second in command, second only to Pharaoh. So when God gives a message, only his children that has his spirit can understand it. Only his children that has his spirit, who understands his words, can execute the plan. And that brings us to the third point. Faith that saves. If I put my faith in something, I better be pretty sure of it. If we were in Pharaoh's shoe, we're thinking that, okay, am I going to trust and have faith in this guy and what he's saying? Because this is my whole country that's going to fall if this guy is lying or if he doesn't know what he's talking about. But Pharaoh puts his faith in the child of God. Why? Because of his knowledge and his wisdom. So Pharaoh's like, well, out of all these, all my magicians, all my wise men, this guy obviously, top-ranked guy, I might as well put my trust in him and his God. So then Joseph is exalted to commander, second only to Pharaoh. And we know and understand that Pharaoh trusts Joseph because what God has done. Joseph trusts his God. Because of what God has done to him. So back to Joseph's dream. This is the conclusion of this. Back to Joseph's first dream. How the sun, the moon, and the stars bow down to Joseph. And the eleven stocks bow down to his upright stock. When God gave the message to Joseph about his dream, the sheaves, the sun, the moon, and the eleven stars Jacob didn't believe at first, but he kept this in his heart. When the eleven brothers heard this, they were mad and jealous of Joseph and planned to kill him so that it would not come to pass. When Pharaoh got a message from God through his dream, he sought out the wisdom and the knowledge of the world first. But we see when Joseph receives a message he seeks the wisdom and the knowledge of God. and acknowledges who God is right away. Notice that the child of God, the family of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph's 11 brothers, notice they didn't need an interpreter. They understood exactly what his dream was. But they used this knowledge to carry out an action that is different from what God actually says. When we receive the message of God, what will we do? When troubled times come our way, who will we seek? Are we going to seek Facebook, social media, YouTube, news? Are we going to seek a shaman, tarot cards? We see that all these things get put to the test. And they all fail every single time. But what does not fail is the word of God and his Holy Spirit that lives in his children. 
God's ultimate message to mankind is that we are fallen sinners. And we'll all be thrown into hell on the judgment day forever. We see throughout history that man has a date with death. Something that there is nothing beyond the grave. Something that we're going to get reincarnated. A lot of people, a lot of religions say all roads will lead back to God, which is true. But all the roads that lead back to God, when we face the holy and righteous God, no matter what we think or where we come from, we are going to face God one day. Are we going to face Him in judgment or are we going to face Him in blessings? So let's pray. Father, we thank you for the time and we know that you have given us a message. We know that we are fallen and we know that we will suffer in this life. We will have blessings in this life as Joseph did. We are your children, Father. Troubled times are going to come, Father. Troubled times are here. Help us to be able to discern these things, Father when it comes using your word and your spirit. Having our brothers and sisters encourage and strengthen each other, Father, in these times so that you may be glorified, so that we may be able to build up our relationship with you. And until we meet you, Father, we continue to put our hope, our faith, and our trust in you because we know that you're God. We pray all this in your wonderful name. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.